0: episode 49 of the False Neutral Podcast, part of the Hooniverse Podcast Network. This week, we conclude our discussion of motorcycling on the internet, forums, vlogs, vendors, and other websites relating to motorcycles. Let's rejoin our conversation.
1: RevZilla kind of killed all online, most other online part sale stuff.
0: RevZilla has some really good content, and they've got some really schlocky content. It's all over the board.
1: Hey, I'm Anthony with Revzilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was I was watching some helmet stuff because I really do need to buy a new helmet. And he even said something on Hey, I talk at 220 words a minute. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no kidding.
2: <laughs> so the reason why I really like Revzilla is even though they're they're like Anthony especially uh can be pretty obnoxious. Um, just at the fact that they do a video review and you can see it, like Because I'm sure all you guys have bought something off the internet. And what you get is entirely different than what you saw in a picture. When you can see it in a video, you get such a better idea of it. And that's the reason why I do a lot of shopping on Amazon is because I can see a review. I can actually Mm -hmm. hear some talk about it, know what I'm – at least get a better idea of what I'm getting. So I love RevZilla for that reason.
0: I will tell you, uh, speaking of vendors, Olympia Motorsports, people that Sarah and I bought our jackets from, They have great video, uh, like demonstrations of all their products on their website that they, they put out YouTube videos and then they link them back into their pages. Uh, so that when you go out, instead of just looking at a picture of it, they're like, Hey, here, look at how this works. I really was very impressed with how they used video on their sales website and didn't say, you know, Hey, go to YouTube and look at our videos. It's not super high production value, but it's business-like and professional. It's just a guy standing in front of the product and he shows you how to, you know, unzips and everything and what it's made of. But, and they don't have a lot of like, you know, really nice close-ups or anything like that. It's kind of a one-camera show, but that's all you need to really yeah. know how it works. And I, I've liked them as a company since I bought gloves from them 20 years ago. So,
1: uh, I, I might have a pair of Olympia gloves from 20 years ago if I were to go down in the basement and look in my stash.
0: <laughs> I have a pair of winter gauntlet gloves from them that I can't get rid of. It's kind of like a the girlfriend. You've tried to quit and you can't because I have bought a whole bunch of newer, nicer replacements and none of them fit quite as well. They pinch or they bind somewhere when you're holding out of the handlebars. So I
1: keep going back to theirs. So. And speaking of old stuff, I still have. As I was um, reorganizing some stuff in the my shop space in the basement, um, and putting up, moving, moving shelves and putting up new shelving. Um, how I was thinking, like, oh, here's my old uh, Garnet riding boots, and I'm like, when did I buy these? And I'm like, ooh, like 1996 or 1997. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, do I really need these? Well, there's nothing wrong with them. Does that mean you still need to keep them? Yeah, you know. I also have a pair of Alpine Star boots that I really like that I wear more now. Well, because they're newer and they're much, much better. But,
0: you know. I have a pair of Joe Rocket boots that I really, really like. And I'm really ashamed to tell people that I wear Joe Rocket. So at least it's <laughs> not it's not as bad as... as um. Uh, s- Speed and, strength. speed and strength or what is the other yeah. real all the icon all the yeah icon with yeah,
2: all icon. the stunters
1: gotta have their icon stuff yeah so i don't have as bad of view of joe rocket as some people and part of that is parochial in that when it was started it was started um pretty small company um really across the river from from me in windsor canada um and there was they, they it was more they imported stuff and put their name on it but uh, but still
2: yeah i don't have an issue with joe rocket or speed and strength or icon so long as it uh is at least protective and doesn't look hideous terrible. Yeah, <laughs> then, you know then it is what it is but if it's got um you know a mohawk on top of it if it's a helmet or if it's got like s- spikes or things like that then yeah the only thing i'll say about icon
1: and that well i could say lots of things about icon but i will say this in a positive light about icon is god awful as you think their designs are at least they got all the stunner people to actually wear protective gear
2: well yeah Yeah. no absolutely you know (laughs) i just don't (laughs) want to be seen
1: i know but it's better than seeing all these people running around in like t-shirts and shorts and flip-flops right it yeah. was fashionable
2: and, enough that they'd right. wear it. Also, I feel like all icon jackets have icon and as big of lettering as can possibly fit on the back of it. Hashtag so, branding. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> branding, and it works for them, So kudos.
0: My, I have to admit that my boots look like stupid stunter boots. They're uh, Joe all Rocket. the plastic
2: guards and yeah. everything all over yeah got
0: metal plates and oh yeah <laughs> Joe rocket super Street boots but actually they're really nice boots oh those aren't that bad they're they're uh I I really I've had them since 2014 so I've had them no I've had them since 2012.
2: You know, I feel like it's easy to get an inexpensive jacket that fits and feels decently well. But I feel like it's impossible to get inexpensive boots that are comfortable. It's almost like you like the more you spend, the more comfortable they are up to five hundred ish dollars. I just have never found an inexpensive pair of boots that were worth buying.
0: My wife went through two different pairs of motorcycle boots and the first one was comfortable, but when she was riding, but she couldn't walk in them. Yeah. They were so stiff. And the next one just were just uncomfortable all the time. She went out and bought a high top set of lace up, uh, uh, Cabela's hunting boots. Yeah. And they're real comfortable. She can wear them all day. She's like, Oh, I... and they were probably about half the price of either the ones that sit in, the shelf of our, you know, we've got a little cabinet downstairs with all the, like a wardrobe with all our motorcycle gear in it and, and the other expensive motorcycle boots just sit in there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) um, I'm trying to think, I think the Alpine star boots that I have that, that my current ones were like 220 bucks. And I bought those eight, nine years, seven, eight, nine years, eight, nine years ago, probably the boots that I've always wanted. And I probably still would love to buy, um, but it kind of kills you every time you look at the price are Daytonas. Yeah. Because they're, are essentially two sections. There's like the actual protective section, which is semi sort, which is semi custom fit. And then there's the leather part that fits over that and that zips up. Um, and they are even to this day, like the best boots that you can buy from a protection standpoint to the point where back in the day, there were racers who would wear, um, who would wear them? And even if they weren't sponsored by them, they'd take the Daytona off, put whoever they were sponsored by mm. on them because they were so good. But if you saw the pictures, you knew exactly what boots yeah. they were. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think they're like anywhere from like seven hundred to like eleven hundred dollars now, which is like really oh, that's so much money. But they're sort of like a lifetime kind of purchase, so it's like yeah, you know, buy once, cry
2: once. Yeah. Uh.
1: One place I
0: want to mention, you mentioned Brevzilla, Uh, as far as vendors, I, for all of my OE parts that I order online, uh, pretty much go to partzilla.com for all of them, because they, if you go to their website, you can buy original equipment parts from all four manufacturers from one spot, and with... Well, I'm pretty much buying from everybody's. They have a little link for OEM parts, Honda, Kawasaki, Polaris, Suzuki, Yamaha. You can go through, and they have online the parts fiche diagrams for everything, very nicely organized. Their prices are fair. They're not super bargain basement. But I kind of want to, if you're going to take the time to make all of those parts diagrams very easily accessible to me, I will give you my business to keep that resource rather than get the OE part number and then go out to, you know, buy it from some eBay vendor. And the, so, and the cool thing about it is in their parts lookup, when you click on a part number, it, a lot of places hide the actual factory part number so that you can't do that. They not only provide it for you, but if you click on it, it will give you a list of every other bike that that part number is used on, which makes it great for interchanges. Like when you're doing stuff like me using parts not on the original bike and you're trying to make stuff fit, it's like, oh, that axle spacer also was used on these other $25, you know, 25 bikes. They must all have the same diameter, uh, axle and oh out of those eight of them actually use the same part number for the for the uh you know the axle itself and you can just it makes interchanges and trying to sort out stuff really really easy so i i'm impressed with their website yeah
2: you should you should check out this website uh procaliber.com um the, it's actually a dealership here locally that does um, the major Japanese brands, but they also do Indian um, and here recently started selling BMW and they also do Can-Am. But they have a part section just like you're describing. Um, they have all the all OEM parts. Um, they provide microfishes. And you can look at the OEM part numbers. It'll cross reference and I have never, ever, ever found a place that sells parts cheaper. Hmm. In fact, I get in store, I get a business discount there, which, uh, I think unquid incidentally happens to be the same price that they sell the parts for online. So, um, I mean, they blow it out. Whatever the, um, listed price is, it's less than that um, on everything. Yeah. Um, so they, you can have all of the factory microfishes, look at all the factory part numbers. Pricing is just like ridiculously good on these parts. Like I said, I've never found any, anything less. And they have parts for all the major Japanese manufacturers as well as Can and Indian. Hmm. So check that out. Um, it's, it's a really neat website. Uh, yeah. Free shipping only, I'm looking at the website and, and the only thing I don't see is that easy
0: listing of all the other bikes that use it but
2: uh Uh, they don't so that's not on every part um i i think it might just have to do with how the factory cross references it so on some parts i've clicked on it'll show a list of um i'll just see if i can find an example it'll show a list of what it fits um but it's not for every part so i'll try to find an example and show it to you
0: but anyways, those are, those are some good places to get parts online. And there are, there are good websites that I rely on that I don't necessarily reference all the time. But they're really good when you have specific, like, especially for like bike building. Uh, com. I have resisted spending the 99 euros to get a PDF of his book. Uh, but I'm gonna have to do that soon. I've got a Mac, so I haven't bought any of his software, but I might have to do that and put it on my old Windows laptop so that I can... If you want to know how chassis dynamics works, this is like the place to go. Uh, very informative website. All kinds of good... Even the stuff that's free on his website is is incredibly uh, informative. Uh, Eurospares.com is kind of a defunct business. He used to sell... Uh, Lucas electronic ignition parts and some other stuff, but that's all kind of dried up. But he left his website out there. <clears throat> and this is a guy that used to hand-build his own frames and, uh, did all kinds of really involved stuff. And he basically took all of his, uh, oh, like use group discussions and stuff, put them all out there with a whole bunch of pictures. And it's just this treasure trove of obscure information about how to... Like, uh, he's got a great article on hydroforming exhausts and how he did it. And it's just all kinds of really technical stuff that you're not going to go to every day because it doesn't get updated. But it's a great archive. Uh, Another one not that I'm into choppers, but it still has really good fabrication information is chopperhandbook.com. Uh, that's got some really, like if you want to understand, uh, you know, how to make a girder front end work properly, he's got a whole page on proper and improper geometry of girder front ends. It's like very cool stuff. Unfortunately, it's old stuff that was like uploaded and it had odd characters that show up as garbage characters in the middle of all the text now. So that's kind of annoying, but it's still worth plowing through to get what you need.
1: Uh, I couldn't I've been racking my brain trying to remember. And then I realized, oh, yeah, you have this saved somewhere. And I found it uh, motorcycle dot com. So if you need if you need gear. Uh, and you don't need the latest and greatest in style or technology. Um, it's a place that's been around for, yeah, what, it says 12 years, but I think it was around even before that. Um, and they pretty much, whether it's dirt, street, whatever, um, they've got all kinds of stuff and it's usually decent pricing. So they buy like, you know, close out stuff and then resell it. So it's your opportunity to get like a, a showy helmet for under 600 bucks. <laughs>
0: And yeah. I will tell you, that is where I have bought all of my stuff from. Even ah, my, okay. even my Olympia jackets that we bought new. We, they're, they're less than an hour away from us and we'll take a Saturday morning and drive up there. Uh, and you know, I guess it's maybe 40, 40, 45 minutes to get up there from our house. And, uh, we said, Hey, we're looking for these Olympia bushwhacker jackets. Can't find them. And they were like, Oh, sure. Go ahead. We'll, we'll order them for you. And they charged us. MSRP, but they did not charge us any shipping or anything. Uh, I think we paid Missouri tax because we bought them retail. And they were like, you know what? And if they don't fit, uh, we'll exchange them for you. You won't huh? have to send them back or anything. We'll get in the right. And fortunately, we didn't have to. We got ordered the right size. But that was, uh, I believe, they are actually uh, a... Uh, a division uh were owned by the same people as Letco Competition Cycles. They sold Fantic Trials bikes and uh they were a Ducati dealer back when kind of in Ducati's dark days when they didn't have many dealers. And
1: uh Yeah I seem to remember they were I thought they were like Chicago based or Chicago ish based at one point and then they got bought out. So that must have been when they got bought out was by that group. Because um, I remember this thing, a thing early, early 2000s with the compost group, which is the Chicago motorcycle crew I hung out with. Um,
2: so, Pete, on that um, Procalibur's website, mm-hmm. if you find a part number and then uh, copy it and then just do the search by part number, paste it in. There's a tab that says where used. Oh, OK. And I, I put a picture of it. And if you click on where used, it'll give you. Every application that that part number is used.
1: We're good. All right, sorry, just clicking uh, on random stuff I have saved in here. Uh, do you- <laughs> farfarclmasters dot Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's one I haven't thought about in a long time.
0: Uh, I don't. <laughs> one place that I should mention the Vintagent. Vintagent doesn't actually have their own domain name. They're dot dot com. It is truly just a blog, but it's a very cool blog by somebody who's really well connected. And uh, uh, you'll find all kinds of neat vintage and kind of retro neo-vintage stuff out there.
1: Was it last two shows ago we were talking about trials bikes? Mm-hmm. And I just saw something on cycle news or was it? I think it was on cycle news um, about a gas gas trials bike and how they're trying to tweak it a little bit for the U.S. market to try and get more people in where it was like, you know, versus half a gallon gas tank. It had like eight tenths of a gallon gas tank <laughs> and it actually had something resembling a seat. So if you needed to ride between sections or whatever, Um, and it was a 250 cc bike what surprised me was that it was reasonably affordable. Cause I think the MSRP on it was like right around six grand. I'm mm-hmm. like, not that I'm going to go buy one, but I'm like, that seems reasonable. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's more than I would pay for a Charles bike, but well, it was brand
1: new though. So it's, that's true. Know. That's true. Uh,
0: one thing that I should, I wanted to mention, uh, Yahoo groups, which used to be really, really popular <laughs> really
1: big, yes, nineties uh,
0: I went out, and there are three groups that I am uh in, or members of uh team Bolt Taco, the c b one twenty five group and uh Colorado dual sporters, only because Rusty, who was on the show uh kind of inherited that and ran it for a while the prior two have uh nobody none of these have had any posts in months. And the first two, they had less than five in the last six months. Colorado Dual Sporters actually had fewer than, I think, 14 or 15 in the past two years. So wow. they, that whole way of communicating is just dead. And it was always yeah. really clunky because it started out as an email group, and then the groups were still email-based but kind of echoed, in the website, but they were still treated it like you were sending back emails back and forth and it was awkward. And I have to say, I'm kind of glad they're gone because I am a member of the Boltaco Facebook group and the Boltaco Matralla Facebook group. And they're both every single day. Somebody posts at least a couple things between those two. There's a lot of new content and uh, uh it has certainly become much more easy to access and digest stuff from the Facebook groups than Yahoo groups. So I'm kind of glad that's just not something I even have to follow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. There were, there were three or four groups that I was involved in back in the, back in the Yahoo days. And uh occasionally something pops up like, like, Oh my God. I like hadn't even thought that this thing still existed. And someone posted there. I'm like, wow. Um, and it wasn't like spam. So, which was, was, was really the more shocking part of it. Uh,
0: another really good Facebook group is the Japanese vintage bike club. If you're into vintage Japanese bikes, um, the the neat thing about Facebook is, you know, you used to have forums and they would have build threads and they would have this. And then you had magazines and they had features. And then you had, uh, uh, like, your personal friends, you would send uh, email back and forth. Now, it's like I can follow uh, uh, Musket v. Twin guy, uh, Aniket Vardhan. He has a web page for the Musket. And I don't have to go out and check it. If he does something new when he posts it up there, I'll see it. Uh, Geert Kupras over in Holland, who builds these really super exotic, uh, modern replicas of like 60s and 70s GP racers. He may post something once every six months, but it's going to be really awesome. I'm not going to go out and check his website but the fact that it shows up in my Facebook feed, and I kind to of go, oh, wow, that's really cool. But, you know, you've got people. Uh, Alan Milliard has a great page. Race series like Moto America, Moto American Flat Track. Uh, one that I follow that I know I've talked about a bunch is Asia Road Racing. I follow them through Facebook. I wouldn't know what was going on with them if it weren't for you know, them saying, hey, we're live at this track, click here to watch us live. And they've got a, a a a YouTube channel, but I don't go out and check their YouTube channel. I just wait till it shows up on Facebook and I go, oh, wow, cool video. And I watch it and it's all right there. So it's magazines and people and race series all push their stuff out to Facebook and you can just see it all when it happens without even going out to actively check all of those channels.
1: Right um uh, p you you have one here in the list here of of garage journal and i was it was funny because i was just over there the other day after spending some time in my garage because i was like was trying to remember the name and of course i don't remember what it is now uh the guy who did uh 12 gauge garage if and if you haven't just just google 12 gauge garage or go to youtube and 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 put in 12 gauge garage and you'll be like in awe of what this guy has done on not with like, not a ridiculous amount of money to completely transform his garage. Um, but there were these specific cabinets that he had at you know, like five or six hundred to twelve hundred dollars per each. Uh, but the shelves hold like fourteen hundred pounds or something like that. Cause they're, cause they literally are the name of the garage is 12 gauge garage. Cause these, sh- these, uh, things are made out of like literally 12 gauge steel. So, hmm. um, they're, they're cool. So, and and uh, the reason I was in that was not only that, but then the floor in my garage is all it's, you know, 50 year old concrete. So it's all chipped up and pot marked. And I'm like, OK, well, obviously something needs to get done here. And he used he got uh, like ceramic tile on sale at Home Depot or something and did his whole garage floor in ceramic tile. I'm huh. like, hmm, that's an interesting summer project. Do I want to tile 550 square feet or whatever, however big my garage is? Yeah, until you drop something and break a tile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it still would be better than what's there right now because you really couldn't lay on the ground and be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and one another thing that's
0: kind of like uh, in my what I consider to be not quite motorcycle sites, but still very cool. Uh, I will highly recommend people go out to Home Model engine these are some serious machining geeks i mean these people do uh one guy did like an 18 cylinder radial engine and machined every single part you know 18 separate little uh, bifurcated exhaust pipes that came together into collectors and uh you know uh 36 little tiny valves that he had to harden and, you know, just push rods. These people just, I mean, these guys must have ugly wives to spend as much time <laughs> as they do in their garage. Uh, because, you know, this is, this is some seriously obsessive machining. And I love and- going out and looking at their stuff.
2: Yeah, and then uh, a lot of them, uh, or, or even all of them, actually run. So they'll have videos of these little engines running, and it's like the most impressive thing to see a little miniature V8, and it looks and sounds exactly like a V8. Oh, uh, and it's one of the guys on there is
0: named Brian Ruppnow, and he actually
2: designs his own
0: engines and sells the plans or gives them away, I guess, just distributes them. But he had. He kind of built a modified version of somebody else's design, and he couldn't get it to run right. Now, of course, this is somebody that has built the carburetor. You know, he built this tiny little carburetor to run it, and instead of a glow plug, it's got an actual spark plug with advance and its own magneto and stuff that he built, all this stuff. And he was having trouble with fueling issues and making it run properly and cool properly, and it was just so cool to read the months of, even after I got it done, just making sure it ran as well as it could. When I look at that stuff, and then I look at somebody who, like, chops off the shock mounts and welds yeah. up some kind of awful thing and puts it out there on, uh, like, EXIF as some kind of cool custom, I'm like... Cafe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Your, your schlock stuff doesn't compare with people who are actually making as functional. And it's
2: gorgeous stuff, you know. And it also makes me feel ashamed when I have a really simple task that I want to do one day, (laughs) and I don't get it done, and there's people out there like that that are building their own engines. You know know how they talk about about supermodels
0: (laughs) force women to body shame themselves? Yeah. I lay the shame myself when I look at their stuff. (laughs) It's true. I kind of brought this up talking about Asia Road Racing, but there are so many things from all over the world that you have access to that I never would have I used to get Backstreet Heroes magazine and classic motorcycle mechanics from the UK and I spent like $40 a month. There was a guy that had them shipped over on a plane by the pallet load and sold them in the States and they were incredibly expensive. I now get classic motorcycle mechanics through, uh, through pocket mags on my tablet and my phone and my computer. And I don't pay any more than I would for a regular subscription. And I get it digitally, and I can read through it every month. On Facebook, I follow MotoMag. It's all in Russian, but they have enough pictures. I can do the monkey thing and look at the pictures. Uh Bike India is a good one. Uh, Facebook.com slash Bike India. The Indian motorcycle scene is so different from ours, I just find it fascinating. Because to them, yeah. 180cc, 200 cc's is a full-size bike. Right. And the the kind of roads they ride the bikes they ride the features that are important to them are so totally different that i really enjoy that speaking of old stuff
1: or stuff you used to pay a ton of money for and print uh, fast bike and performance bike from the uk in the early ni- or mid and late 90s um there was like one barnes and noble or borders it was like one or two that would actually carry it and they were like and this is in the mid 90s they were like eight to ten bucks each um, and I would and even though I didn't have a ton of money, I bought those things because compared to what we had in the us at the time for sport bike stuff, they were gold. it was just amazing and um, yeah, it was yeah and now it's like eh. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> like anything else.
0: Another one that we shouldn't overlook is manxradio.com which is oh, the yeah. only way in the United States that you can listen to the uh Isle of Man TT live. And I started listening to it, wow, it's got to be 15, 18 years ago. And I started listening to Manx Radio regularly and actually found the whole island totally fascinating the other 51 weeks of the year. Don't listen to it so much anymore, but... For a while, I could sing the jingles from the local car dealers and, you know, tell you where traffic was likely to back up during rush hour and had a a couple of phrases that I can say in in Manx Gaelic. (laughs) (laughs) Fostamai, which is is hello uh, or good day. That would not be possible without internet radio.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we've probably given people... All kinds of new places that they can check out online will remind you of ours. The False Neutral is available from Hooniverse.com, which you should check out, even though there's really not a whole lot of motorcycle two-wheel Tuesday stuff other than our
1: podcast. The other one is Track Tuesday, which is always like some once in a while. It's like, oh, yeah, it's this. And like last week, no one got which as soon as they said what it was I'm like, I recognized it. And then this week I thought I had it, but apparently I was wrong because it was not Heartland Park in Topeka, Kansas. Mm-hmm. So that's would, always a good I, one.
0: I would have recognized Heartland Park, because I've been out there. So you can also catch us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the False Neutral. Or
1: just search for False Neutral. And I've been trying to post a few other things on there just besides the podcast here and there. Sometimes we'll find some fun stuff to put up there.
0: Well that's a nice thing about you know like it and it'll show up in your facebook feed whenever we do post something the amazing part about how facebook works 2 years ago for the smack dab run we had 15 people do it and that was mostly through adv rider i think there were a couple people that rode spiders that came from spiderlovers.com probably the foremost K&M spider website uh forum Last year, there were five people did it. As of right now, still months out, there are 119 people in the Smackdab Motorcycle Run Facebook group. And I've already had 40 people register for it. That's wow. It so I'm counting on maybe half of those people dropping out. But we've already gotten a whole lot more than we ever did. And that's all through Facebook. Because people can just, you know... Tag a friend or send it to them and say, Hey, check this out. And they join and then they sign up. So that's very that's cool. cool. Something else I should mention. If you want to read every little tiny pickyune detail of my Boltakenstein project build, you can find those on the cafe racer.net forum. It's uh, a very dysfunctional place that uh, routinely devolves into incredibly sophomoric behavior, but there's actually some guys out there that really know their stuff. So I would recommend that as well.
1: Also, uh, sorry, just one more thing. And um, we are currently at 80 page likes as of we are recording this on our Facebook page. Um, we need 21 more. And the reason that for the specific number is because once we get over hundred, we get better analytics. So um, yeah, we need 21 more people to go over and like our Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. All right, just to be just to be pedantic.
0: Well, then go like our page.
1: <laughs> Please.
0: <laughs> Please. And and do go to com. To me, I think it's probably about the best overall just cool vibe in a car website. I okay.
1: Need to write a, write a few more things for them here pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Eric's on the masthead now. We'll see everybody next week.
1: Yeah. Well, it's fun as always. Bye-bye.